Hello and welcome to Easy Operations, episode 44. My name is Ron. This week, and as always, I'm joined by James. Yo. And Mondo. Hey, hey. And guys, this is the show where we talk about movies, TV shows, things that we think is cool, and video games. So I'm with cool. that, you're cool? Okay, we, we can talk about you too, Mondo. So <laughs> <laughs> go ahead and tell us what you've been up to. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> well, we'll get to uh, Black Panther later, but, um, you know... Over the weekend, um, basically, we were talking about this in the previous podcast about being Valentine's Day. So I did my Valentine's Day dinner uh, over the weekend. And you know what? It was great. Uh, we went over to this uh, local restaurant, Big Jim's. Uh, my girlfriend had a steak. I had a ribeye steak. Uh, it was really great. And we had dessert. It was just a really wonderful time. I didn't have to pay like twice as much or three times as much on the uh, Day of Hearts. So it was really good, and um, yeah, that's what I've been up to. How do you take your steak, Mondo? Uh, you know what? Um, I like it rare now because of you. <laughs> oh, well, that's more than me. I don't even do rare. I do medium rare. Okay. But, I like uh, it rare. Okay. Wow. Huge step up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And James, how do you like your steak? <laughs> I like my medium rare. Nicely done. <laughs> All right. Did you have steak over the weekend, James? Uh, not steak, but uh, some good, I, I guess we should say American food. So, <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, I had speed. Let's, let's complete the trifecta here of what we had. I had a Colombian food, and there's this plate that you order. There's like this meat plate that has uh, like steak. It has sausage. It has uh, like a pork skin and uh, really good. And so you don't ask for that one well done. It just comes however they cook it. <laughs> um, and then for me, this was All-Star Weekend. And that's when a lot of the big sneakers are released uh, for Jordans. And uh, I don't know if you're familiar with what the process is to buy a shoe. That's very highly anticipated. But basically, you need to wake up exactly. or Not wake up, but I, I woke up for myself. But uh, you need to be on the app precisely at the minute when it turns to 7 a.m., and then you got to mash that button and hit the purchase button as soon as you can, because then that puts you in a, either a raffle system, depending on the shoe, or you just hope that you got in and they didn't sell out. And then uh, you got to wait like maybe five, 10 minutes and they let you know, oh, you didn't get it or you did get it. So I was actually able to get my Jordan 3s that I liked. And I'm very excited about that. They come in next week. Nice. Did you end up watching the All-Star game? No, but I heard the awesome national anthem sung by. Uh, for- <laughs> yeah, that's uh, pretty much what occupied a lot of my weekend is uh, all three days of All Star. The first day is really uh, whatever; it's just a celebrity game. But the Saturday and Sunday is the more, more important ones. So, well, or more fun what to watch, anyways. So they changed the rules on the game, right? Like, can you tell me about what it was? Because I didn't know what it was in reference to. It's just that they changed the format of uh, the teams. So basically, before it used to be West All-Stars versus East All-Stars. Now it's uh, team captains. So you would have Team LeBron versus Team Stephen Curry, and then they pick from a pool of players. uh, So you can see um, matchups you would never see in All-Star games before. So you would have like oh. uh, LeBron with uh, Russell Westbrook or people with that so you normally would associate with the West Coast. Uh, so it was, it was a, a pretty good decision in my part because generally West is usually a little bit more OP compared to the East. Uh, this made it, they made things interesting. And it was kind of fun seeing, uh, you know, essentially all of the Golden State Warriors are in the All-Stars, but they're not all on the same team. Like Kevin Durant is on LeBron's team. 
while uh, Stephen Curry and Clay and Draymond are on the other one. So it's a, a lot of fun to be had. It was actually a pretty um, competitive game this time. I mean, it was still not as intense as a regular game would be, but uh, there were things at stake this time where uh, the winning team would each individually get $200,000 plus... Uh, like they need more money. Plus their charity that they would, they I guess, um, oh, okay. uh, would sponsor. So each team has different... Um, uh, donations uh, i guess charity for charity win for so uh that's a little bit of incentive for them to actually put a decent uh, game on there and then went down to the wire literally uh went to the last uh play so it was fun and good times and the dunk contest was pretty good too um i felt one of the players kind of got robbed in terms of scoring uh, dennis smith jr i believe his dunk uh deserved uh way more points than it should i feel like these other uh, the scoring is it favors a lot of these homage dunks, which are a little bit more simplistic. But since they're homage to like a past player, um, they give it more Dr. points. J. And then the story, Dr. J, this specific year, they like okay. Larry Nance okay. uh, Jr. did Larry Nance <laughs> Sr.'s dunk, which is just a windmill. And then uh, Dennis, I'm sorry, uh, Donovan Mitchell did uh, Vince Carter dunk um, with his, you know, even took off and had a Vince Carter jersey underneath, which was cool. Uh, Victor Oladipo had a Black Panther mask. Going on because the actors were there, they gave them, they hooked them up with a mask. So it was and cool. did they buy at the uh, theater uh, next to the uh, Staples Center? Uh, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> did they buy out the theater next to the Staples Center as well? I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Why? But uh, yeah, I'm yeah. not sure about what was going on next next door, but only what's televised. All right. All right. Well, speaking of the Black Panther mask, we actually went ahead and saw Black Panther over this weekend and boy this was a huge opening weekend for this movie uh as one of the things i was reading was like biggest opening ever for a uh, solo superhero mm-hmm. um biggest opening ever for a black director it beat out uh, the straight out of compton movie and uh it's just going on to smash a lot of records so fourth biggest excited uh, about that fourth biggest opening of all time now of all time wow. it just passed uh, star wars last jedi so the only thing it didn't, uh, it's pretty much the biggest Marvel movie outside of the first Avengers. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I love this movie for a couple of reasons. Uh, this had a really good villain and in a, in a way that you can kind of understand what he's trying to do. And the stakes were small but big at the same time. In other words, the, the Earth wasn't going to be taken over by aliens. They, they were small enough to be contained by one superhero, uh, but still very important stakes. And you could see why the character had that motivation to do that. Uh, Love the acting. I felt like a lot of the women in this movie stole the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, just great action, great uh, casting. And uh, love this movie. Uh, what do you guys think? Uh, I went to see this movie twice. That's how much I really liked this movie. Really? Yeah. I actually, it's not. I wouldn't say it's the best Marvel movie out there. I would say it's one of the best origin uh, movies. I have some flaws with it, but even with that said, I, I believe this is one of my uh, favorite Marvel movies of all time. It's not only like all things that you mentioned, but it's also a very uh, important movie. I believe in terms of. Uh, for people of color, you know, people of color, and then it's such a it's such a movement in terms of representation, and I'm I'm very happy to see you know its success because of that because it's you know a lot of these uh, a lot of people of color you know finally getting recognition and re- not recognition but representation they are happy to see you know people that look like them on the screen in these uh, 
uh, in these kind of roles, especially, you know, the female uh, community as well, because, you know, there's strong, uh, strong independent women on there. My only flaws I had with the movie is uh, it's kind of a pro and cons because, like you mentioned, the villain is so great. He wasn't in it enough uh, as much as I wanted it to be. Um, that's one thing. And then another one is I felt that the CGI was kind of bad um, at the end, near the end, uh, in my opinion, that is. And one last thing is that I felt it was kind of like uh, you mentioned in terms of the scale. I felt that everything outside of the suit was a lot better than the stuff with the suit. Like it was more interesting to me in terms of the personal conflict, uh, the little politics that goes uh, that's you know within the nation, and then kind of the social commentary. I dug all that stuff. But when it went to try to be kind of like a superhero movie, I was like, oh, it's kind of going into uh, formula like the other movies, a Marvel. Which I get, they have to do that because it's a Marvel movie. Uh, but I totally were, was more interested in terms of. Uh, the personal conflict stuff over the superhero stuff. Mondo? <laughs> All right. No, I like the movie as well. Uh, I love this whole like fictional uh, country of Wakanda and, you know, the vibranium, which uh, gives them advancement in their culture. And that's one of the neat aspects to the character himself is that you were in there not only to watch him as Black Panther, the hero, but you were there as more of a humanistic side, basically him as the uh, well king now, uh, T'Challa, just how he's very uncertain. Um, it's his time to shine. And basically we see like uh, everything it takes from his culture to his family uh, to those closest to him be affected by all of his decisions throughout the movie. And this is really great. Um, I do agree with James. A little bit more Brandon. What is it? Michael B. Jordan? You keep calling him Brandon. Yeah, Michael B. Jordan. Uh, Michael B. Jordan. Uh, he did an okay job. I just think he needs to cut uh, cut back in the little thuggishness of his character. No, I, um, I, I like that part that's of it. Kinda like because he because he's, he's from Oakland and, you know, because he's grew up in poverty without his parents and maybe that part of the hood. I, I did, had no problem with that aspect of it. Uh, I did. And I have friends from Oakland and they do not act like that. Um, but anyways, moving on. Uh, so that just took a little bit away from me. Uh, towards the end of the movie was really great. Uh, I thought that uh, final gesture was awesome. And it shows, again, there's this uh, human-esque character in this superhero, which really, really like reaches out and branches out to every culture, not only uh, those in skin color, because there is no skin color. You know, We're all one people. And it reaches out to that. And kudos to them. They did an amazing job. Uh, well, Mondo, you brought up a good point with the vibranium. I thought this was a really interesting story. I don't know enough about the character, and maybe you guys can tell me in terms of, does vibranium do, do as much as it is represented in this movie? Because I just thought it was a metal, but here it's very much used to like power technology and, and all these things. And it was a really cool origin as well as how the country dealt with that technology and how it was so advanced. Um, yeah, it's pretty accurate. Um, yeah. The only thing that uh, was changed, I guess, is uh, in terms of to be a Black Panther, you would have to be of. In this movie, they made it royal blood, which you know kind of makes sense. But in this one, it has to be in the same uh, bloodline and it's kind of like father son deal, not necessarily like uh, uh, uncle or whatever. The king. Uh, yeah, not the necessary king. It's just yeah of the king, pretty much. So yeah, you have to be a direct bloodline of the king to. Um, like uh, yeah, to get to be able to do that, and I'm surprised they even kept uh, true with even the the little heart flower thing. That was all part of it. Um, 
as as it was shown in the movie. What what I really liked about this movie compared to a lot of the solo Marvel movies too is that this one was pretty standalone. You don't need to really see any of the other Marvel movies to get the plot and the gist of this character. Um, kind of, for example, let's compare it to uh, Spider Man. That one he- relies heavily that you've seen uh, Civil War or any or Iron Man even. Uh, yeah. to kind of know what's going on or even Avengers because it's the, the tech in that movie but this one you can separate everything from this movie uh, solely on its own um, and I consider this probably in, in the top three with the solo movies of Iron Man Guardians 1 and uh, Black Panther in terms of being standalone uh, self-contained stories yeah and James when you were talking about the bad CGI did you mean the train battle I'm just going to leave it at that towards the end <laughs> uh, yeah, of the film for sure, like hundred okay, percent. Yeah. yeah, that was horrible. It looked so bad. Like it, it, it looked like they were like very, very video gamey and rubbery. Like, yeah, they, 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 they were very like ragdoll or kind of overly physics, I guess, on the animation there. Yeah, and you, you uh, normally yeah. don't see that in a Marvel movie like, nowadays. They've like they've gotten that game pretty strong. My my feeling is that I uh, you know uh, they probably had to hit this date of February. And they had to just let it go as is, or didn't have enough time to bake in that aspect. Because earlier in the movie, the CGI is pretty, it's fine, you know. But just specifically that last part looks so bad. Uh, thankfully, it wasn't in it that long. But uh, that's you know my major complaint. Maybe they'll fix it for the home release. Yeah. Now that said, I like the setup of that scene, and of course, we can't talk too much in detail about it because it's towards the end of the film. But I like the dynamic that was going on and. Uh, how it changed the way things had to play out in that scene. It was a really good yeah. scene in that sense. But yeah, the CGI just wasn't good. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I think who stole the show was uh, uh, Michonne from Walking Dead and also especially the sister. Of, oh, is that uh, the actress? Yeah, that's Michonne. Oh, yeah. awesome. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, um, his sister, uh, Shuri. She was awesome. Even uh, even uh, uh, Manape or uh, uh, I forgot what they call him here, Umbaku or something. He had you know a shorter role, but uh, was really well done in this movie. Yeah, there was a lot of things that, and when you saw them in the beginning of the movie, you're like, "What's this have to do with it?" And it all paid off. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it just is really good attention to detail. I, I do also want to commend. Uh, this is just how much how good this movie is. I, the world building uh, aspect of it. Uh, just so well done, I think, in terms of just uh, the, the, you know showing the different tribes on how to the process of uh, becoming king, the whole trials thing. Uh, it's pretty cool. I really dug all that stuff. Uh, you know, I believe Wakanda itself is a character uh, along with the other actors in here. Yep, I agree. Yep. All right. Well, uh, next up is you, James. Did you get a chance to see anything else? Uh. I recently saw this movie called The Disaster Artist. Um, I was a big fan of this cult movie called The Room back in the day. It's not a good movie, but it's one of those, it's so bad that it's uh, that it's good. And then I remember back in uh, like early 2000s, this was kind of the movie you would watch uh, in kind of like those film schools where what, to, what not to do in creating film. And... Um, it was fascinating that they made a movie on the creation of this, and um, it's based. I don't know if you are you familiar. Any of you guys familiar with the room? I'm familiar with uh, the concept, but I have not seen the original room. I do remember you advising me to watch. It. Yeah, it was back in the <laughs> and day. I never did. Um, but it's pretty uh, much how these guys uh, so funded their own movie because they wanted to be big uh, or big movie stars, 
but the thing is at the same time as the main guy he's kind of a mysterious dude you don't know where he's from he's always lying about where he's from what his age is and all that stuff but he's full of money um uh for some apparent reason and it's about this aspiring actor that kind of meets up with him and how they kind of uh go through the routines of trying to make it big in Hollywood. And then they said, screw it, let's just make our own. Uh, and then they, but the problem is they have no clue of what they're doing and it shows in their, uh, in the end product. Uh, but it's actually, it's actually a really good tale. I, I find that James Franco and his brother, um, uh, portrayed him very well in terms of the acting. And I found it very entertaining. I would recommend, uh, checking out just for, you know, it's pretty funny too. Uh, just if you're interested, and then if you end up liking the movie, uh, definitely check out the old one for the for the laughs. So you wouldn't recommend it in the opposite order in which you see the room first and then you see this. I mean, it's pretty it's pretty tough to get through <laughs> that original oh, one okay. uh, in terms. Yeah. Of, but uh, I mean, you can. Um, I would just find a compilation of best parts on YouTube or something. You can get a little quick, uh, get an idea of how bad it was, but. The movie you, I, I highly recommend. All right. Well, that, I think that got nominated for something, didn't it? Uh, possibly. I don't. If it did, I wouldn't say it deserves anything outside <laughs> of uh, possibly uh, adapting the screenplay. I know it's off. Yeah, that might be it. And then, um, uh, you know, as good acting as James Franco is, I, I wouldn't have him nominated for this. Yeah. All right. And for myself, I got a chance to see. What We Do in the Shadows. This is a movie from 2014. I saw this on Amazon streaming. So if you have Prime Video, you can watch this, uh, I guess, for free. But uh, you Also, still uh, soon-to-be TV show. Ah, it's going to be a TV show. Okay, well, mm-hmm. and what drew my attention to this was this was directed by the guy that did Thor Ragnarok, mm-hmm. which is uh, Taika Waititi. And uh, this is a very funny movie. And imagine a reality show in which vampires live in a house like it, like if they were MTV, the real world. Yeah. Um, I'd say it's kind of more of a mockumentary, in my opinion. You think so? It felt okay. the way they filmed it was kind of like a take on documenting these this family, but it, of course it's not a real documentary, so it was funny. Yeah, and uh, just each one is a very colorful character, and uh, it, it's very funny, and I just I would definitely recommend it. Uh, it does get a little gory at times, I would say, but uh, for the most part, it's uh it's a fun watch so definitely would recommend it james did you watch this you you i think you mentioned it yeah back in the day um when it came out the director's in that movie too i don't know if you noticed him uh but he's also in there but yeah i highly recommend it it's very it's very funny um and i can't wait for the tv show whenever that comes out uh all right what what about any tv shows okay well i'll start basically uh I was I was listening to this giant bomb bomb I'm sorry giant bomb podcast. They have this side one called All Systems Goku. Uh, basically, the, the hosts from that show are because they got inspired by the Dragon Ball fighting game. Uh, started to watch the series called Dragon Ball Kai, which is kind of like a, a shortened version of the actual series where they cut out a lot of the filler. And so I've just been uh, starting that show up and going along with them uh, as I listen to the, you know their thoughts of it. And um, you know what? Uh, in this form, I Dragon Ball still holds up really well. Uh, still, it gets pretty intense, and um, you know has a lot of heart in this show. And uh, I'm only about uh, let's say 16 or so episodes into it, but I am surprised how fast they get through things um, without the fillers. Like 
literally, uh, Mondo, I don't know if you can remember the original uh, length, but in this one, they... 100 plus well no not not in terms of overall (laughs) but like just say for example sagas they literally go through raditz and then the whole napa vegeta sagas within the first 16 episodes and in yeah in the original series that could have been a good 40 40 50 uh, episodes (laughs) and they do a good job of redubbing it where everything makes sense they kind of splice in i guess little flashbacks of things that you may have missed as flashbacks instead of uh instead of you having to watch the show. But I'm going along with the, these guys. They watch about, I believe, three or four a week. Uh, so that's where, I'm, that's where my um, uh, you know, my time goes to in terms of uh, instead of just straight out binging it. And uh, if, in case you're curious, uh, Ron, it's Dan Reichert and Jeff Kersman on that co- on podcast. So they started up a separate podcast just to talk about Dragon Ball? Yeah, uh, they have one. It's hey, yeah. There well, they're they're watching of it and how ridiculous it is, and if they, you know, they actually are enjoying it, which is pretty funny. But their commentary oh. is really fun because it's an outsider. These guys are outsiders that are not really into anime, getting into this. Oh, okay. Uh, so it's pretty. It's pretty. It's pretty fun. Listen, uh, in case you're interested. Yeah, it's interesting. Um. All right. Well, uh, I got a chance to see the tick, James. I was trying to remember if we covered this in the show. Um, the Amazon 2017 series. Yeah, probably the first uh, few episodes of it. I think it was the pilot at the time when we first talked about it. Okay. I've seen two episodes and it starts a little slow, but I like it. And I think I'm going to finish it off, especially because they're half hour episodes. I love shows like that because I can burn through them fairly quickly. And uh, it's, it's for adults because they curse. And even though it's based off this kind of comic or cartoon, but uh, it's kind of funny, and I'm I'm digging it so far. Do you uh, you going to get a chance to watch it, or did you end up finishing it? <laughs> no, I just saw that pilot. Uh, I didn't. I don't know. I'm not. I I preferred the original cartoon version of Tick. It's kind of weird for me to see it in this kind of silly uh, live action format. They did a live action one before, which I felt more in tone and style. Uh, with the comic and this one it feels like it's more like real world that just happens to have these silly characters in it and I don't know if I'm into it yet I may give it a chance based on your recommendation all right well I'll finish up the series and I'll see kind of how I feel about it but I think it's going to get renewed for a second uh, season yeah must be good at least yeah what about video games uh just the usual PUBG I've been a little bit more into NBA uh (laughs) even more so than usual because of the all-star game and the current season but uh, back on PUBG, i've yet to still get that elusive chicken dinner it's still kind of a pain i did start up a little bit of monster hunter again i didn't i don't have enough play time to give it a say uh yet but i do like the graphics i like that they have options to uh prioritize frame rate so you can do smooth 60 frames or as smooth as you can uh with this and uh looking forward to getting more into it I haven't gotten to the parts yet where you actually do anything of significance. All I literally did was the tutorial, um, got into the main, I guess, uh, central hub area and picked my first weapon. I haven't gone out and actually did anything yet. So I'll probably provide more feedback of that next week. Yeah, let us know what you think. Uh, Curious if you'll stick with it in the long run because it seems like you really have to commit to that game to get the most out of it. Yeah. 
Um, as for myself, I just popped on Assassin's Creed Syndicate. This was the second of the DLCs that I bought on sale. This was the Jack the Ripper DLC. And uh, this one is interesting because it takes place like a good 10 or 15 years after uh, the original game takes place. And even your main character looks uh, significantly older. Uh, and now Jack the Ripper is uh, hunting them down. And basically he was like a former student of one of these guys that they were training. And uh, you have to go hunt him down. And it's really interesting. And whereas I had said last week that I don't think that Assassin's Creed 3 aged well, I did think this uh, aged better. Uh, it doesn't have the same battle system of Assassin's Creed Origins, but the animation, I think, is what makes the difference. It's a lot more smoother animation. And then they always had, I forgot they had this mechanic where you can always hit this button to just do like a little hook shot up to the top of the rooftops and in between rooftops so it could allow you to traverse the city a lot faster. Mm. Um, so I'm definitely going to stick with it. Is the uh, story a lot better so far than the George Washington one you played last week? Yes, definitely a lot better. Um, now they, they do want to throw in a bunch of little filler content you can tell in which you <laughs> have to – you don't have to level up. Um, but that's how you're going to unlock some of the nicer items within that DLC is you doing side story missions. I don't want to do too many of those. I just want to kind of blow through the story and see how it goes. So I might, you know, forego that if I can, if it starts to get too hard, I might kind of switch it up a bit, but, uh, yeah, I'm liking it so far. Cool, man. I should watch that Batman versus Jack the Ripper uh, cartoon right after. Oh yeah. <laughs> see how accurate Batman is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Let's get into some news of the week. Um, one of the ones that I put down here was uh, there's a news that Burnout Paradise is going to be remastered for the new consoles. Let me tell you the date on that. That's actually very soon, uh, March 16th oh, wow. for $39.99 from EA. And it's going to support 4K resolutions on Xbox One X and PS Pro. And uh, it's going to have all the previously available downloadable content uh, with the exception of the Time Savers pack that unlocked every vehicle. But uh, I remember this one had the DeLorean uh, Mm -hmm. DLC, which I bought. It also had motorcycles as well. Yeah, I got that one too. So this was a game when it was first launched, people were kind of hating on it because uh, I feel like it was a bit ahead of its time in that... They wanted old-style burnout where you just do races and do that little challenge mode where you would crash into different cars. Um, but then as the years went by, people started to appreciate it for what it was. And a lot of – I mean, Forza Horizon owns a lot of what it's like to this game. Definitely. So um, I'm not sure if I'm going to purchase it because I already played it. But it has my curiosity, and maybe if it goes on sale, what do you think? You any interest in this, James? Uh, for sure. I never got that uh, new island expansion or whatever the extra uh, portion of the map was, and I'm excited to try that for the yeah, first time. Way. I did have the did have the DeLorean. I did have the F1 cars and the and the and the bikes, but I never got the I forgot what to call something island, um, which looks like you know obviously Forza took a lot of inspiration from too with their Storm Island DLC, and then. This year, uh, uh, I forgot what it's called. Uh, the, the, I don't know. The Blizzard, the Blizzard Mountain. Blizzard Mountain. Yeah, Blizzard and, Mountain. Uh, Hot Wheels. Yeah. Hot Wheels. Yeah. So, uh, looking forward to it. And it's also uh, still 60 frames per second, which is good, exciting to see at 4K. Hopefully native. Uh, I, I would think so because it is quite an older game, but it is a remaster. So let's see if it'll uh, get there smoothly. 
And uh, yeah, I, I used to remember back in the day. On did you remember ever had the the old uh, Xbox Vision camera? No, but I knew that uh, it took your photo of it of you. It was really cool. Yeah. So basically, uh, <laughs> uh, how it worked is first you'd use it for your like little driver's license thing. But what's fun is that whenever you crash into somebody, or like you make them crash, you know how it does that epic slow motion thing? It will like take the picture of the reaction of it happening. So you'll see like, you know, a quick glimpse of like their, their facial reaction of when they crash, either they're angry or whatever, but some people are slick and they'll like try to moon you or whatever. Um, <laughs> and things like that. But uh, that was a cool implement implementation at the time. And uh, like you mentioned, it was uh, a lot forward thinking uh, uh, for a racer at the time, not, not many open worlds or if at all, uh, but now it's uh, certainly appreciated and definitely copied. Uh, James, what about you for news? Only thing I have is they just announced today, I think, the March Games with Gold. Uh, I'm going to list them off here. I actually think a lot of them are really good. One of them is Super Hot, highly recommended. Uh, I beat that game last year. It's short. I would say it's like, I don't know, maybe four or five hours. But it has a cool concept where um, it's a first-person shooter, but time moves when you move. So... If you fire a gun, it doesn't. The bullet doesn't go anywhere unless you move, but that applies to the other people's uh, projectiles as well. So it's kind of cool where you can like literally dodge bullets because you can see it because you're like inching your way. Like if you move one direction, the bullets still could keep going. So it's kind of it's kind of like a puzzler at the same time. Another one which I'm interested to try is um, uh, Trials of the Blood Dragon, which is I guess kind of like their crazy '80s uh expansion or not expansion kind of like a spin-off kind of like they did for far cry blood dragon but for the trials series um the third game which is a uh 360 game is quantum conundrum which is like a portal knockoff which i thought was pretty decent and the only one i can say is kind of a dud is probably this brave game i'm not exactly sure if it's a good license game or not i doubt it probably not but it's yeah it's probably it's there too but uh three of the four ain't bad yeah, I'm not into the Trials games typically, but I think since it's free and it's the Blood Dragon kind of aspect to it with the 80s references, I might be interested in this. I don't know about Super High. We'll see. It might be a little too abstract for me. Does, does it have a story? Because I like story yeah. stuff in games. It does? It's its its own little uh, uh, meta, meta story in it. it. There is a story involved, but it's not like something with... Uh, high production values of like uh, voice acting and stuff like that. So yeah, uh, it's pretty cool. I think it's more like uh, Mirror's Edge style of storytelling. All right, guys. Well, uh, that's going to do it for us. Uh, thank you to uh, Facehugger. Uh, leave us a review at easyoperationsqa at gmail.com. Like our Facebook page. And good night, guys. Good night. Later. Mondo, what happened, man? <laughs>